telling where you'll end up. friend. Good to see you again and welcome. I guess you want to hear a story, don't you? Well, Beatrice is well fed today, so I don't think we'll have a repeat of the other day. (laughs) Though I can't speak for the other things down here. But anyway, let's move on. Take a seat in the recliner there. Make yourself comfortable. Good, good. The ballroom. By James Barnett. A bright flash, speckles of white beyond. My hands rub my eyes, attempting to clear my vision. I lower them. Colors blur into the white, and forms begin to take shape. A man unknown to me sits across the table, his gloved hands clasped in a resting position on the table in front of him. A plate is pushed to the side of the table near him, bread liquid on it. Cutlery sits in a four o'clock position on the plate, indicating the completion of his meal. As I try to gain my bearings, I look around the room in survey. It appears to be a ballroom. The floor is made of white marble and there are people crowded around tables that surround the dance floor. A continuous dull murmuring emanates from the crowd, their eyes flitting around, and they seem to be trying to sneak glances at me. Three lone women are dancing, swirling around on the dance floor, each of their heads raised and their eyes closed in obvious appreciation of the music. A chamber orchestra is placed on the far side of the room behind a barrier. They play delicately, exquisitely, What is that tune? I know it. Tartini, maybe? The roof of the ballroom is decorated with paintings. Angels infinitely poised in battle with demons below. A battle of light and dark, good and evil. Neither side gaining anything, but neither side losing either. In the middle of the battle, there is a depiction of the moment Jesus was pierced with the lance of Longinus. His face a mask of sorrow, a tear on his left cheek. Beyond the depiction of this never-ending war, cherubs look down onto the dancers with smiles on their faces. The windows are in the shape of an arch that reach the roof. The points look as though they are piercing the ceiling. Lead light breaks up the window's colours, the fogged glass preventing me from seeing beyond it. I look around and see a rare cooked steak. It is untouched upon the plate in front of me. Blood leaks from the fibrous tissue and I salivate in anticipation. I cut a piece off and place it in my mouth. The juices roll around my tongue and slowly drip down my throat as I chew it. I'm no more than halfway through the bloody meal and I realise the gentleman is watching me. I pick up the linen napkin that is sitting on my knees and wipe my lips before looking at him. I'm sorry, I say, inclining my head in apology. I have the most ravenous appetite and I couldn't resist. Bloody enough for you, he asks, 
unclasping his hands and raising a glass of red wine to his lips. It is without a doubt the best piece of meat I have ever tasted, I reply, following his lead and taking a sip of the wine in front of me. It has a perfectly balanced blend of sweet and spice that gives my throat a tingling sensation. I'm sorry, sir. Have we met? The gentleman smiles widely, bearing abnormally straight teeth. They gleam and remind me of a white picket fence. He's an attractive man, and every feature seems in its place with intent. His face glows. He wears a scarlet tuxedo that has a black floral print over it. Underneath the trim jacket, he has a black shirt and a purple cravat. The whole outfit together a masterpiece. I'm glad you're enjoying it, he says, cheerfully wrapping his knuckles on the table. Where am I? I ask out loud. The last thing I remember doing was watching the television at home. You're at a ball, he chimes. It is in your honour. For me? But I don't, I mean, why? I shift nervously in my seat. There's nothing special about me. <sighs> but that simply is not true, my friend. He rebuts, getting out of his chair and standing for the first time. He must be at least six foot five. Au contraire, you are the most important person here. Come, take a walk with me. I rise from my chair hesitantly and still confused. None of this makes sense. I was watching TV in my apartment what felt like only moments ago. How did I get here? The man leads me around the edge of the ballroom floor and I study the dancers. Their rhythmic flow relaxes me a little as I set an equal pace beside the man. The dancers are fantastically dressed in ornate ball gowns, each one unique. They twirl and glide about with their heads in the air. The long trains wisp around them like smoke, giving them an ethereal aura. Each bodice is low cut around the chest and sits off their shoulders revealing naked necks. They each have a mask on that adds to the mystery. Their dance begins to change and becomes sensual, their hands rubbing up and down themselves. The slits in the dress are so high that when they move their legs, the whole thigh is revealed, not leaving much to the imagination. I can't help but feel aroused at their presence, and my body reacts to their subtle movements. He takes a sidelong glance at me before asking a question. Is there anything coming back to you? As he says this, the music becomes layered with discordant strings. The harmony still plays consistently, but haunting overtones begin to increase in volume. My head feels dizzy for a moment, almost as if a channel was left on static for a time. I shake my head and feel a weight in my breast pocket. I hear him chuckle as I reach into it and pull out a small book. I flip the pages and there are pictures of three young women, all similar in looks with blonde hair, blue eyes and small petite noses. Their likenesses are so familiar, but I can't quite pick it. I think they are my sisters? I say as I look up from the photographs to the gentleman. I notice that beyond him the windows are shifting shape in a very slow manner, but also moving in and out as though the whole room is taking breath. The people around all the other tables seem to have stopped talking and are all sitting completely still, this time completely avoiding looking in my direction. They are not your sisters, but they are special to you, 
he says as we make it back to the table. He motions for me to have a seat again. Isn't it nice to stretch your legs and take in the sights? Indeed, it is, though the people here seem awfully quiet. I rack my brain trying to remember where I know the faces from. A flash of a dark closet and a figure huddled in the corner enters my mind, but dissipates as quickly as it comes. What is that? The gentleman claps his hands together once, and the murmuring from the people starts up again. He pulls a case from his pocket and takes a cigarette out of it. I look up and see the paintings on the roof are moving. The whole scene plays out like a movie. Angels and demons performing acts of extreme violence. They are ripping off each other's limbs and mutilating each other. The cherubs smile crooked smiles. As they tear at each other, the ceiling starts to melt. The gentleman lights his cigarette and on his first exhale, he blows the smoke in my face. The acrid odour of burning flesh hits my nostrils. Another flash, and this time a vision of an arm covered in burns while a woman screams, a bright red rod stabbing flesh. Such awful visions. I shake my head to clear the static. It helps me focus on the gentleman and pushes the bad images away. We all know what you did, he says, his voice changed now. You can't stay here forever. It's almost time. He blows out so much smoke that it engulfs me. I can't see anything. The pungent odour hits my nostrils harder. Added to the smell of burnt flesh is a sulfurous smell of burnt hair and it keeps getting stronger. What is happening? Almost time for what? I yell, a tremble in my voice. The smoke clears a little and I can see that the table is on fire, sending fingers of flames around the room, spreading so quickly as if the whole room is made of paper. Like I said, he snarls, you are the guest of honour, and we are welcoming you. My eyes hurt from the smoke, and I close them for a moment to stop the stinging. When I open them, the female dancers are standing behind the gentleman. His eyes flash black, and his teeth are now as sharp as daggers. His mouth barely contains them. His face is drawn out. The black shape that is his aura spreads out through the room, darkening it. The dancer's masks are off, and I can see that they have no eyes. Their skin is charred, and there are puncture marks all over them. Even through the blackened and disfigured flesh, I can see that they are the women from the pictures. Parts of their body ooze infected pus from the untreated wounds. The music crescendos in its discord, and the walls and roof fall away to reveal a nothingness. Only the floor remains. The women's skin starts to melt and reveals only their skeletons. The flesh pops as it hits the ground, splashing gore everywhere. They grab my arms and my skin starts to singe. I hear a scream of horror and realize that the noise is coming from my lips. I see a pale horse gallop in the distance and the ballroom floor opens up into flames, engulfing everything. They overcome me like a wave of liquid heat. When it subsides, I see that I am now sitting on a chair in my apartment. A gun lays on the floor. I look around and can see my brains hanging on the wall behind me. Skull fragments litter the carpet. The gore glistens in the glow of the static from the television set. An intense pain within what remains of my head. You raped and tortured these women, 
the gentleman bellows. His form now is more like a damned creature, limbs dislocated and at obscene angles. His eyes bleed down the ragged skin of his face. I let your mind imagine a world where you were innocent. I let you imagine this so I could take it all away. Just so I could crush your spirit and steal your hope. Finally, and this is the most important one, I did this so I could reap you and drag you to the hell you deserve. I remember everything now in this final moment. I'd kept these women in small rooms that they couldn't quite stand up in. Rooms they couldn't quite turn around in. I treated them like swine and I used them for my sexual depravity. I made them suffer. And now, it seems, I am to suffer too. The flames fill the floor and the creatures drag what remains of me down into an arcane fissure that fragments the ground of my apartment. I do not resist. I saw death's face today. I hope you enjoyed that, friend. Now I must go, as I see another traveller coming along now. Wonder what stories they may tell. Anyway, be sure to bring someone along next time that you won't miss. It's hard to get fresh meat down here. And the things love a fresh one. <laughs> uh, anyway, goodbye for now. You've been listening to The Night's End Podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. The Ballroom was written by James Barnett. For more from James, head on over to www.jamesbarnettauthor.com or connect with him on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Horrors. If you would like a story featured on the podcast, please head over to www.nightsendpodcast.com for submission details. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review or give us a five-star rating as it helps us reach more people. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Thanks for listening. Stay horrific, everyone. <laughs>